We are so excited to welcome our new sponsor, Natural Zing, a family-owned distributor of more than 1,500 of the finest quality raw, living, vegan, organic, or wild-crafted foods. Since 2003, Natural Zing has gathered the best products, supplements, nuts, seeds, and superfoods for natural energy and health. Your Natural Zing. We love Natural Zing not only for their amazing foods that support our healthy way of life, but also because they also believe in giving back, supporting sustainable agriculture products and education, and nutrition education for adults and children. For a limited time, the awesome folks at Natural Zing have a special offer for the Happy Healthy You family. Get a free bag of mulberries with your first order with the code Happy Healthy Mulberries. You can find Natural Zing in retail stores and online at www.naturalzing.com or call 1-866-RAW-ZING. Hi everybody, welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Gomez and today we're here to talk about conscious dating and conscious relationships and I'm here with an expert, Amy Lee Mercree and she's an expert in, and she's a, a dating and relationship coach whose mission as a spiritual advisor is to end dating as we know it. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Uh, she's a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post and lots of other periodicals and she's on the faculty at the Omega Institute where she teaches workshops in spiritual romance. So she knows a lot about romance and she's really cute so I can't wait to talk to her. She's the author of The Spiritual Girl's Guide to Dating, Your Enlightened Path to Love sex and soulmates. Ooh, hi, Amy. Hi, Connie. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is such a juicy and cool subject to talk about. I think a lot of our listeners will be enticed. And um, maybe we should begin with, because sex sells, we'll begin mm -hmm. with your statement that spiritual dating is the new sexual revolution. Did you say that? I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your idea behind that. Well, uh, you know, when we hear about the sexual revolution in, in history, in relatively recent history, we hear about how it changed everything and it empowered women and all, all of these kinds of things. And spiritual dating, by definition, from me, what I call it, is dating as if all people are sacred, which means worthy of respect and kindness. So imagine a revolution sexually where everything is based upon this respect and kindness. Mm -hmm. That too would be a paradigm shift for many people, male Absolutely. and female. Thus the, uh, the claim that we can change dating as we know it. Exactly. So interesting, it yes. Would. I love mm -hmm. this idea because what is more important really than having a spiritual relationship in your life? I mean, everything is just richer and better and more satisfying mm -hmm. when we bring in the sacred. And um, I think it's the way we're supposed to be. I really do. I do too. And I think that it it stems from our love and acceptance of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sacred for me might be being in nature, and sacred for you might be chanting, and sacred for someone else might be religious. It, it doesn't matter what that is. It's but very it's, personal. It's yeah. seeing yourself as sacred as part of an interconnected whole and worthy of love, respect, and kindness, and living from that 
space, having your actions, your choices all outpicture that love that you have for yourself. Oh, that's beautiful, Amy. So Thank who you. are you, Amy Lee Mercury, and how did you come to become an expert in this specific subject? Well, um, I started out actually as a teacher, and um, then I worked as a medical intuitive for many years, and I saw a lot of clients, and invariably, probably their top questions were always about their love lives. So I really got years and years of seeing people's struggles and triumphs in that area. And so then I decided to write a book about it because I also kind of created this system of spiritual dating or empowered dating and seeing yourself as sacred and then only acting and making choices from that space of self-love and it changed my life. And at the end of implementing that journey, I met my husband who's, you know, my soulmate and all that stuff. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, well, I should definitely write a book about this, how this worked for me so I can share it because I had had, you know, years and years of clients looking for these same answers. Right. So that's that's where this part came from. Now, we always tend to teach what we want to learn. I mean, I'm doing this Happy Healthy You because I do believe that integrating body, mind, spirit is the way to happiness and wholeness for me. And I want to I want to kind of solidify that and ground that into my life in a more profound way. So that's my teaching. Your teaching was this conscious relationship. So when you started out on this path, was there something you were looking for in in learning to teach? Um, personally, I think I, before I wrote the book, I was looking to let go of old patterns to have healthy relationships. Mm. And as I moved into it professionally, it really expanded things for me because the same concepts apply to wellness. And one of the other main things that I'm really into is living joyfully. My platform is uh, live joy, be kind, and love unconditionally. So it all kind of ended up working together. And now it helps me with my travel business, which in the past, I don't have any upcoming trips. I've taken people to swim with wild dolphins in the Bahamas and, you know, work with their spirit and their soul and the love that they have for themselves. And then it, you know, expands into even I'm writing fiction now. So it kind of applies to everything. It really does apply to everything. But let me just go back to my question. And I guess mm-hmm. what I was really asking okay. is, were you in a relationship when you started this? Were you looking for that soulmate or... Personally, I was single at that time. I had been in three long-term relationships that all had some things in common, and they ended badly. So you saw some patterns, which you talk about in your book. And just being aware of those patterns that you see can change. It it did. And I actually, what I did was I said, what did these guys have in common? I was like, well, one was, you know, in this field, and one was in this field. And I said, no, that's not it what they had in common was me. So I need to figure out what what's inside of me that's making me make these choices. You're so smart and you're young. Good for you finding that young. If we can do that when we're young, we that's awesome. We can have an amazing life. So let's talk about where do you think, because I, I was thinking about this and I'm like, 
okay, why do we need this? I feel like people need this book. Everybody should read your book, whether they're in a relationship or they're looking for that perfect spiritual, mm -hmm. not that there's anything perfect. Sorry, I take that back. <laughs> Cancel that. Whether they're looking for that spiritual relationship, that's a partnership, more of a spiritual partnership. I feel like our culture gets it wrong in a lot of ways. I mean, we're so sex sells, like I said at the beginning. I mean, even like the whole wedding industry, like this whole thing has gotten so out of hand with weddings. How? I mean, why do we need a $50,000 wedding, $100,000 wedding? It I seems, mean, it yeah. seems pretty consumer driven. So where yeah. do you think we get it wrong in our culture and where is there room for improvement? I think we get it wrong as a loose word. I don't think there's a black and white, but I do think that for a lot of people, when we put the emphasis on sexuality right in the beginning of the relationship, we don't develop that, wow, I I see myself as worthy of respect and kindness. I see this person that I'm potentially coupling with as worthy of respect and kindness, and they see me that way. We don't take the time to get to know each other to have that kind of bond be present. So then when we explore sexuality, it's in a way that feels emotionally safe. I think that's what's really missing is prizing emotional safety. And we have to do that for ourselves because we can't expect a stranger who we meet and we start dating to do that. We have to learn to care for each other over time and then we can you know, go into sexuality and have that be an enhancement to us emotionally as well. I think that's one place where we get it wrong. I think another place where we get it wrong is expecting that it's going to be perfect when we find this, the one, this right person, which probably does exist. And I mean, in my life, it's existed, but it's never going to be hearts and flowers and, you know, whatever your fairy tale is, whether it's Disney or goth or whatever version of it, it's not going to be that 100% of the time. Every single day for. It 50 Forever. years yeah. for the rest of your life yeah I mean, i've been married a long time and i can attest to that some yeah. days are just stupid <laughs> yeah and some days are great some days are beautiful yeah. yeah yeah and you look back and you say wow what a great life i've built with this person mm -hmm. yeah yeah right. so those are really good points thank you yeah i think our culture just really romanticizes uh relationships and and what we really want is a, a spiritual partnership talk about the difference between a spiritual partnership and a relationship and how they look a little bit different mm -hmm. i think they look different especially in the beginning because when two people come together and they connect and they they form a bond and they bring whatever version of spirituality they're into you know whether it's crystals or the bible or nature or whatever when they bring that into the relationship and share it with each other then it it brings a richness especially if that's part of our lives you know if it's part of each individual's life then when we come together if we can share that in some ways I think that can deepen it mm -hmm. then I think long term it plays out sometimes with the commonalities of what we believe and how we want to shape our lives on the other hand I also think it's possible for people of totally different spiritual persuasions to have happy relationships if they can find that common ground and share that.
Well, and like you mentioned, the loving kindness, the kindness yes. and, and sense of, I mean, is that a good enough place to start? Just Definitely. having mutual respect and kindness. Definitely. Yeah. Seeing, you know, what I call seeing yourself and each other as sacred, which sacred is just worthy of respect and kindness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the foundation for sure. Okay. So for those out there who are in the dating arena, Maybe they're divorced and and just getting back into that dating field. And it, it's pretty scary now. I mean, there's all these different online dating sites. And what, what are your recommendations for getting started? I mean, what's the first thing we need to do before we jump into that if we're looking for this conscious uh, partnership? I think the first thing we need to do before we even step into the dating arena is get solid internally and get to the point where we can really say, I am sacred, I am worthy of respect and kindness, and every action I take, everything I do, comes from that place. So that means by the time you're going on a date, you can trust, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna do something that later is gonna impact me in a way that is emotionally unsafe or spiritually unsatisfying or whatever. I think that's actually step one. And I know in my experience, prior to writing this book, prior to meeting my husband, when I really said, okay, if I was going to live like I'm sacred, what would that look like? Now I'm going to do that. Honestly, that means I spent almost a year without dating before I started dating because, you know, online and all this stuff, I was, you know, I've tried that a little bit. It just didn't, it just didn't come across and I'm and I know plenty of people who've met their partners online but it's that taking it slow factor and you're when you're already solid within you're emotionally healthy and happy before you even start the relationship yeah because I know so many people I'm sure you do too who come out of a relationship whether it's a marriage or just a a dating relationship Mm -hmm. and they jump right back into it because they there's a sense of like fear of being with yourself and just settling in and finding that sacred divine Mm -hmm. part of yourself so and I think also when you start on that path there's some small course corrections like you're driving and you might go this way and say no Turn back and mm-hmm. and if you make those course corrections really quickly, they're much less painful. So, Absolutely. so let's talk about some examples maybe of um, ways to make sure we are in alignment. Like you said, you took a right. whole year to really explore that. What, like, mm-hmm. who am I and what do I want? And right, um, I think a, a first example is noticing. Even if it's with family or friends or, you know, anything, when we're using external relationships to distract ourselves from what's going on inside. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, being alone with ourselves is, like, intense if you really get in there. (laughs) Yeah. Our psyche's going, you know, 95 miles an hour, 24-7 how do I look in this? And what do I think about this? And then it's thinking about the past and things that have hurt. And I mean, it's intense inside of us sometimes. And if we go to whatever external source, whether it's a a friend, a family member, um, video games, television, whatever, social media engagement, 
we are not sitting with ourselves and saying, okay, what's happening right now? I'm going to be present to it. That's the first course correction because even if we say, okay, I'm not going to date unless I feel the the bond of respect and kindness go- is going both ways and I'm solid in it, uh, but maybe I'll uh, go out with friends all the time or I'll play, uh, if, you know, Call of Duty or whatever video right. games people play. It's still distracting from what's going on inside and ultimately if we have unfinished emotional issues from past relationships that are romantic or family related the more we can get in there and resolve those the less likely we're going to choose our partners to replay them to try to resolve them Ah, that's a really good one Uh, i remember in my travels as a dating coach hearing about a guy who was in a like a 10-year marriage and had children and stuff like that and it sounds like there was like a lot of fighting and discord in that marriage and that guy left and right away he's just separated he's not even uh you know divorced yet and he becomes i i have a i have an article i think it might be on your tango i'm not sure but about three men to avoid um, and he, this guy's an example of the separated and fancy free guy. So he's separated and he's out hot to trot. This, this guy did not want to be alone was the, the underlying example of it. So he dated some different younger women and this and that. And meanwhile, you, you hear he's not even divorced. He's still separated. He is, you know, a bunch of kids. And he's on the phone with his spouse, you know, screaming at each other. It's like, not, when something's not finished, literally, that's definitely not the time to date. And then taking it a step further, even if it's not finished for you emotionally. I mean, in my perspective, that person would get divorced and then wait a period of months and really, or even a year, but, you know, however long, really examine and go within and process the relationship, and then maybe entertain the idea of dating. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so we learn to sit with ourselves and, and be comfortable with who we are and, and um, yeah, find that peace within, and then find closure with whatever it was that we were we were Absolutely. dealing with before so that we can move forward. And then in choosing our next partner. Um, How can we use, because we all have spiritual gifts, and I think your listeners, my listeners, they're they're more attuned to their spiritual gifts. So let's talk about using our spiritual gifts to kind of hone in on who, (laughs) because in that online, you know, we know what it's like out there. People post the pictures, and the pictures might not represent who they are. We might look at a picture and say, oh, he's cute or whatever. So using our spiritual gifts to hone in on, to sort of see their soul see the soul of the person see the sacredness yeah feel the sacredness I mean talk about that a little bit because I think that's really important I think it is too and I think that a lot of times when we try to do that intuitively unfortunately we we want to see the potential and not the reality so we might you know see someone's profile online and think yeah he's really cute and he's into these same things and then we meet 
and the reality is this is not who the guy is. But I'd say some of us have done this before and some of us maybe are still doing this as women. We gloss over the reality. So we go on, you know, six dates with the guy hoping that that potential is going to happen. Or we might feel that sense that this is not quite right, but we ignore it. Exactly. We ignore the red flags. We ignore our intuition because we want it to be something else. So I think that's an important key is discerning what's our intuition and what's our desire to have X outcome, whatever it is. Yeah. And know? that's really a byproduct, too, of being still, learning to sit with ourselves, meditate a little bit, and try mm-hmm. to try to get still so we can it really be, be present. And yeah. yeah. Can we change a person who's not spiritual? <laughs> I think we can't change anybody but ourselves. That's the succinct answer I can give to that. You know, you hear the story of, like, uh, the spiritual mate who leaves the the books laying around on the back Uh of the toilet for their husband or wife to read and 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 how often does that work does it ever work no I doubt it yeah so I I mean if it's in the person I think if any change happens it's directed by the individual it can't be directed by their partner right right Mm -hmm. so you can only really work on yourself Mm -hmm. what does a true spiritual partnership really look like maybe talk about yours I don't know that's a great question I think every everyone is different in in my case one of the things I really enjoy about my marriage is my husband and I we really do see the universe the same way which is pretty awesome it's not a prerequisite like I said every every marriage is different but you know I have we both have some pretty like out there views about stuff and they happen to be the same so we really are aligned in what we believe you know 95 percent of it which is unheard of for either of us previously so I like that and I think a, a, a real spiritual relationship is one that we're acknowledging it's going to evolve you know, and we're going to evolve. If we think about the the model in our culture to be monogamous for an entire lifetime, it's kind of a long time, especially now because we live so long. So, you know, like my husband and I, we're going to be married for 50, 60, 70 years, you know, because we're probably going to live longer by then. That's a really long time to be such with a one long person. Yeah. And you have to know that you won't be the same person 20 years from now. And who would want to be? And who would want to be? I mean, how boring does that sound? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So you're both going to be changing. And I think the spiritual partnership is honoring, loving, and accepting that about each other and working together to make that a parallel path where your journeys are complementary. They're still individual, and yet there's also... A, a journey for you as a married couple of how you're evolving and and what's uh what's able to grow from that and you can't plan it either. you can't plan it yeah so do you have an example of how you guys are are parallel or or maybe a client well I yeah. can give one of us it's interesting but when we got together we were you know I was a writer and 
I had my travel business and medical intuitive and he was in uh, the landscaping field and now we're both going into the entertainment field. So that's an interesting thing that's become parallel for us. And it actually isn't spiritual. It's like real world stuff. We both kind of independently got these opportunities and we went, well, I guess we're going into entertainment now, <laughs> you know? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then you both having this broad universal uh, belief yeah. system, you both can see that there's a hand that's that's bigger and, and yeah. a, well, a bigger force to, field. We have to wonder because <laughs> yeah. we both were like, what are the odds yeah. of this? Yeah, you know? that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about like um, when we think we've found like the one are there signs that come in, like maybe for you or for clients? I know mm -hmm. when I was in college, I um, met my husband and when we were freshmen and we dated for a few years. And um, I remember, like, I'd be in my dorm room. I don't think I ever told anybody this. I'd be in my dorm room, and I could sense when he was coming. And so I'd go to this one window. It was like a... Um, I don't know, it was like where they had all, like the janitor's closet or something, but I could see the path from his dorm to my dorm, and I'd go there, and without fail, nine times out of ten, he was walking down that path to come uh -huh. see me, and and I, I had no, you know, we hadn't set a date to, for him to come over or whatever, but it was just like this kind of connection. Yeah. Like, did you have, do you have any signs or things that might, synchronicities yeah. and things that happen so that you can kind of clues to know that? I think that, it's different for everybody. Right. I will say I have um, some friends and some clients, and also for me, during that period before meeting the that soulmate person, um, where we were kind of in the internal space. Mm -hmm. We all had dreams of of the person who was coming, and it wasn't about specifics. It was about, like, their spiritual essence. And I know for me when that happened, it gave me hope, like, okay, well, maybe he does exist because you don't know at right. that time. And I know for friends and for clients, it's the same thing. They all kind of come out of it and say, okay, this is going to get me through because I, because you can feel that person coming and there's a part of us that's just innately wired to want to partner, even though we're supposed to be happy in ourselves and being present and yada, yada. You know, we want to, to be partnered. We want to know somebody deeply and we want to be known deeply. And those dreams, there's usually one, and it, it shows, okay, that person's coming. And I will add, though, that I think when sometimes we have relationships with soulmates that aren't meant to be lifelong. I think soulmates means we've got soul family, you know, and that can be people we meet, friends, real family members, and sometimes we have relationships with those people and they're not necessarily meant to be lifelong and even beyond that they're relationships that have a fuel that some people would call karmic right we and have things to work out we have things to work out with them whether they're from you know karmic things or are real world things and they're learning relationships and that karmic fuel can also cause some of those synchronicities because I've seen this for many years with clients and with myself. You know, 
all the synchronicities happening. This must be it because of the synchronicities. And then we go into the relationship and, you know, two years later it's over and what happened? It was karma working itself out. So I don't think we should mistake synchronicity as the the tell-all thing and then not discern the reality of the person and the reality of the situation. That being said, I also think it's more efficient to work these karmic things out using like a conscious spiritual practice instead of taking years of our lives and being in relationship with people to do it. Right. And in, in my book, there actually is a section on karmic relationships and there's a activity you can do that helps you do that. Oh, that's And be great. a little more yeah. efficient with it. I mean, I know in my life, I spent four years, then four years, and two years working out karma in three different relationships. It was yeah. like... But again, that, it goes back to sitting and being still enough to recognize what it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll look at that chapter. Yeah. So you say in chapter 11 that everything in the universe conspires to bring us together with our, our uh, significant yes. other. So... That's really promising. It is promising, and I really believe that. And and sometimes what has to happen to get us to that place might not even be what we would choose. You know, an example for, for me was really getting spiritual guidance about, about that and about, you know, that that was coming, and then some other things that needed to happen in my life that might not have been as pleasant to lead up to, yes, that's happening. Because everything is conspiring. And I I believe that because when we get together with our soulmate or a soul partner, when we come into each other's sphere, when we come into each other's field, so to speak, it takes all the love and all the goodness that we have and it exponentializes it for both of us. Oh. I love that. And so it's good for, like, the energy of humanity, the earth, you know, all that spiritual stuff. So that's why I think everything's conspiring to bring these soulmates together. Yes. And it's a big, it's big a, picture thing. <laughs> it is. And sometimes it's a path that isn't what we would think to get us there. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really beautiful. What are the gifts that come from having a long-term spiritual relationship at the end of that 70 years, if you were to look ahead? What would the gifts be? Good question. I mean, I think you might be able to speak to it. I think you've been married longer than I have. But um, I think the shared life and the, the partnership and the companionship and the support that we offer each other in a marriage my husband pushes me in ways that I never would have pushed myself and it, mm-hmm. it's in in unsuspecting ways too you know mm-hmm. sometimes even when he's nudging me in one direction I'll go in the other direction just because you know so <laughs> so yeah it's it is amazing to be in a long yeah, relationship how, I mean what would you say are the gifts well uh, obviously we have children so um you know, yes. what we've learned, even from, we lost a child. So um, going through that and surviving in a right. marriage is huge because oh gosh, that yes. could have easily torn us apart. But yeah. what we've both come, the fact that we've both come through that and mm-hmm. we stayed married 20 years later. And then our other two children are just blessings in so many ways. Our youngest just had a baby and our 
oldest makes us proud every day and Mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's it's amazing I mean we share to share that alone is amazing right and just we're really good friends so having that one person that's on your side I mean he likes my Facebook posts before anybody else I mean yeah how great is that really Mm -hmm. in this world I know so What are a few things we can do today to take action, taking all these things into consideration? We are, we are so ready. We've spent that time. We've uh, really become comfortable with ourselves and what we want. And we're really in that place where we're, we're ready to, to go, to put ourselves out there and really attract this spiritual partner. What is, what are a few actions we can take immediately? Right now. I think a really fun action is to make a sign that you hang over your bed that says, I am sacred. Oh. And you could say, I am worthy of respect. Make sure you don't misspell it and say, I am scared. Yes. (laughs) Sacred. Yeah, sacred. sacred. And if if that word doesn't resonate, I am worthy of respect and kindness, or I am worthy of unconditional love, whatever. But I am sacred right above the bed and you read it every day, every night, it's there. And it helps you start to reprogram literally the cells in your body. That's the first action I would say. Action two, I would say, is um, also an affirmation action. You know, write a list of like three affirmations that you say every morning, post them on the bathroom mirror, whatever it is for, for you that you need to hear. I am joy. I am deeply worthy. I live in kindness. You know, whatever it is that you need to hone in on within yourself to strengthen your inner foundation. Wow. I am a fountain of inner strength or, you know, whatever it is. Affirmations are really powerful. Mm, That's great. Because I think they literally reprogram the cells in our body. I love that you say that. When we read those print words in our environment on a daily basis, it can change inside of us. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. like the water experiment. Yes. I was just thinking the water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You send, and our bodies are made up of water. So we send love to that, you know. Yeah. Okay. So for more information about the Spiritual Girl's Guide to Dating, Your Enlightened Path to Love, Sex, and Soulmates, the awesome book by Amy, you can go to amyleemercury.com. Okay, and yeah. if someone wants to work with you, uh, same thing, amyleemercury.com. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook and Goodreads and Pinterest and everywhere, everywhere. you can think of with my name. Amy Lee is spelled L E I G H, and then Mercree is M E R C R E E. Amy, this has been so great. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be in Naples, Florida with you. What a beautiful place to live. Do you love living here? Oh, it's awesome. Love it. Love it. It's wonderful. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, and Mm -hmm. uh, I look forward to keeping in touch. Me too. Because I'm inspired to have a better relationship now. Oh, good. (laughs) Sounds like you have a good one already. I do. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the podcasts. If you like them, please consider supporting our sponsors. Natural Zing is a new sponsor, and it's a really great company right in alignment with our mission here at Happy Healthy You. They're an all-organic specialty foods distributor with more than 1,500 products in stores and on their website at naturalzing.com. 
Be sure to take advantage of their special offer to try a free bag of organic sun-dried mulberries with your first order by using the code HAPPYHEALTHYMULBERRIES.